So looking at exempt and non-exempt employees. Yeah, probably the non-exempt. Right. Okay. Any strategies for the hourly employees? Is it any, is it any different? Yeah. I mean, for, for us, the, our uh, non-client-serving professionals are also part of our Flexibility Champions Network. They participate in the same uh, types of programs. We, we all have clients. We, we serve each other. We serve our uh, our fee-paying clients as well, and we, we adopt that mentality that we're all we're all part of this together. So it's it's one one set of programs, at least for us. Okay. And Any I other? Think, I just want to say I think there's the attorney po- must talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll engage in shameless self-promotion a little bit later. But I, I think the um, I, I think there's no question that that um, flexible workplace policies put additional burdens on coworkers, especially when we're talking about non-exempt and. Um, you know, and that's a difficult conversation to have as a manager. I mean, you have to convince them that this is, you know, this is the 21st century and this is the, this is the way it has to be, that this is the not The future of work, that's yeah. the title, yes. And, and that, you know, and hopefully it, it, will, it will work out in the end and they'll get different opportunities, and, but it's a difficult conversation uh, for sure. Any learnings there? That was a specific question that came up. How do you avoid the divisions? How do you avoid the stigma? stigma stigmatizing of people who do choose these flexible work arrangements. I know MCC, the whole strategy tries to avoid the, the, the uh, stigma, stigmatization. I can't get that word. But for the rest of you who people are opting into a program, um, how, do you, how do you create that camaraderie amongst the team when people are doing different things for flexibility? Could, could I just say something about the low-wage workforce sure. before? Um, Two observations. The first is that when we look at the return on investment um, for the lower wage and income workforce versus the higher wage, higher income workforce, and we look at wage and income together, not just lower wage, but lower wage uh, employees who, who live in lower income households, we find that the return is much greater. So uh, that assumption, I think it's very important to know that you're going to get even more by investing in, in this part of the workforce. Um, the second um, observation is that Citigroup developed a process to work on this um, based on the law that's in both the U.K. and in Australia, the Just Ask law, uh, where the notion is is that anyone at the company has the right to ask for flexibility. They don't have the 69 programs. It's just, you know, you can ask for whatever you think you need. You have to look at it in terms of how it will, how it will work out for your coworkers. You have to take the perspective of your team, its results, um, what needs to be done, and then you go make your own business case. The manager is required not to say no immediately. Um, and then they are, if, if there's an impasse, the man, there's an ombuds person within different parts of Citigroup who will help you resolve the issue. This was particularly a, aimed at their, um, at their, you know, their call centers, their check processors, their people who, who couldn't ask. And we find in our national studies that even though there's a lot of discussion between uh, about resentment, this leads mm-hmm. into your, your sure. next question, but there's a lot of discussion about resentment, you, parent, people with kids versus people without, men versus women. The only statistical resentment we find in the national study of the changing workforce is between uh, people who are lower income versus people who are higher income, and that's because lower income ha- people have so much less access to flexibility um, in almost every way we look at it. 
um, when they when they do have it, the, the benefit is even greater. And I would probably add on to that that what we have done from a flexibility standpoint is with our non-exempt, we have um, kind of crafted um, a conversational platform where a couple of things happen during every annual review. We now have a personal engagement list, not only for our exempt employees, but our non-exempt employees, which helps start that discussion about what really is important to you and, and to other people's point. Not everyone is, is really asking for flexibility. However, when that does come up and you might have someone who is an administrative assistant who has to be there to open the door, um, you know, we've, we've actually put it back on the team to say, okay, now someone has, could, has asked for flexibility and we really don't want to say no. So can you guys kind of go away and figure out how to make it work? And you would not believe the creativity that comes from the people who are the closest to the work to be able to, to come up with these ideas that no leader would have thought about, but they're saying, okay, well, I'll take this day and then, and then this person will take this day and then it'll work out. So I would certainly, um, not underestimate being very, you know, turning the, the, the problem, the challenge back. Brilliant ideas are out there. I like that. Turning it back to the work team so they can solve amongst themselves. That's how I manage my children. Um, okay, in the middle, we actually have some men here. <laughs> I love it. 